Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mm. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to... <laughs> Um, Drew Blood's Dark Tales. <coughs> hey, Jeff. Mind if I smoke? No, not at all. I love poisonous gas. Well, good. Anyway, it's a split tail night, so as always, I brought the deputy with me. How you doing, Jeff? That rash of yours clear up yet? You know, Drew, if there's one thing I've learned in 34 episodes of this podcast, it's this. These people do not like funny business. What they want is horror. Pure, unadulterated horror. Well, personally, I think humor and horror are two sides of the same coin. If you ask me, it's all about getting that reaction. I agree wholeheartedly. That's why I asked you to say that. Well, don't go lifting the curtain, man. No. I want you to draw the curtains. Hold them tight. Turn the lights down and lock your door. Because tonight, we're taking a stroll down Creosote Causeway to the spine-tingling town of Split Tail. Because you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. Hey, not bad, Jeff. Ah, thanks. You know, I'm trying to bag some of Jason's old girlfriends. You know, before Eric gets them all. Well, I ain't sure you got the voice for it, but you sure got the hair. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Mr. Cascading Locks. Very funny. No, no funny here. Not on this show. Shit. So smoke them if you got them and drink your glasses to the bottom, friends. Because old Drew Blood has a tale to terrify. But first, the rigmarole. Ooh, can I do it? Uh, go ahead. It's not like it's my damn show or anything. This is Season 2, Episode 4 of Drew Blood's Dark Tales. You're listening to the standard edition of this program, which, frankly, disappoints me. Because you're not standard listeners. You're special. And for as little as $5, the price of a cup of coffee, or a gallon of gas, you can become a patron. Just visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up. You'll get ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds, millions, millions of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012. Got a story of your own? Send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, 
We'll do business. And tonight, we've got the sixth installment of the Split Tail Files, in which we join Sheriff Ball and Deputy Dingle to investigate a mysterious odor at the McAllen residence. So, without further delay, from bald-headed microphone hog Jeff Sturdivant, I give you The Cat House. It's a rare day in a county like this one when an officer of the law can just sit back, put up his feet, and pale to chrysanthemum. And before you tell me I meant sail to Byzantium, let me remind you of something. See, I've been High Sheriff of Split Tail for over 20 years now, so you can bet I know my poetry just as well as anyone. Thank you very much, and I didn't mean sail to Byzantium at all. And I know my botany too, which is why I was having Deputy Dingle take pell to my chrysanthemums. A rare day indeed. This wasn't to say, of course, that the deputy and I weren't on duty. As the great luminary of this prominent county, I'm on call 25-8, an omniscient, omnipresent agent of law and order. The way I see things, that lady holding the scales of justice must be drunker than Mr. Laundry because God knows they never do stop wobbling. Now that I think about it, they'd probably stay a lot more steady if she took off that blindfold. Anyway, if it sounds to you like an awful heavy load to shoulder, being the high sheriff of Split Tail during times as turbulent as this, let me assure you it is. But to whom much is given, much is expected. And that's why Deputy Dingle had to do my yard work for me while I relaxed a little bit and had some lemonade. Untamn dignified. <laughs> the radio was quiet for the time being, and the supply of hinkiness seemed to have fallen below the threshold of demand. A mild day by any interpretation. The only sounds to be heard were the morning birds, the ice in my glass, and Dingle sneezing and complaining. Now, I know better than to suggest that law and order had finally prevailed. Even the chrysanthemum bush knows better than that. It's only to say the legions of darkness were pausing to regroup for the moment, to sharpen their swords, to polish their rods and whatnot, maybe even have a glass of lemonade or water their own chrysanthemums. Uh, don't forget those over there, deputy. Over where? Right there, I said. I pointed to the forsythia bush just behind them. Hmm. Sometimes, Dingle, I'd swear you couldn't water your own ass without me to help you. Why the hell I gotta do this anyway, Sheriff? You know I got allergies? And why you gotta sit there in your underwear to watch me? Well, normally I'd just point to my badge and remind him exactly why that was. But all I had on this instance were the, uh, <clears throat> essentials. Just enough to make myself presentable before the Lord. Well, Deputy, to answer your questions in order, my plants need watering and tan lines are unbecoming. In fact, I've only got these on for a place to hang my radio. And to be polite, of course. Speaking of which, it'd be awful polite for you to fill my lemonade glass when you're done with my... And it was just then that they made their move. Not the chrysanthemums. They always stay put but the legions of darkness. And it seemed my leisure time was quickly coming to an end. Unit one. Come in, unit one. What is it, Frankie? I'm working on my tan. 
We're getting complaints of a smell coming from the McAllen's place. A smell? You telling me a smell is against the law? Is there even a radio code for that, Frankie? I don't believe there is one for a smell, sir. Well, say old Lady McAllen's baking cookies. Is that any reason to mobilize the forces of law enforcement? Because the last time I checked, Frankie, this was America. I understand the smell is objectionable, sir. Objectionable? Well, not everyone likes cookies, Frankie. Is that any reason to go making a hoo-ha? I don't believe it's cookies, sir. Well, goddamn. <sighs> Something about a hoo-ha, Sheriff? Oh, the McAllen place is supposed to be emitting some kind of objectionable aroma, deputy. Huh. Don't they have like a million cats over there? Well, I understand the lady of the house is an aficionado of sorts, but there's no law against that, is there, Dingle? Not that I'm aware of, Sheriff. No worse than sitting in your damn underwear while your deputy does the- Unit one. Copy that, I said. If it is cookies, Frankie, you can consider me 10-6 until further notice. Because for one thing, that's a substantial redirection of resources. And for another, I like cookies. And you can bet I'll be having a few myself. Do you copy? Copy that, Sheriff. I hung the radio back on my underwear strap and lay back for one last minute of sun. I had a good idea Byzantium was further away than I thought. Just can't imagine why you'd want so many cats. Yolanda's neighbor's got one. I swear I could be lying in her bed and allergic from all the way next door. I drained my lemonade. Well, I didn't know that about you, deputy. That I'm allergic to cats? That she allowed you in her bed. Frankly, I'm appalled. Will the indignities ever cease? My little morning dove landed on my fence post and took a shit. Then it made that funny sound they make and flew away. Not too polite, if you ask me. But things like that, I tend to take as a sign. There's no such thing as coincidences in this world. Now, the way I see it, everything happens for a reason. I got to my feet and kind of reoriented my underwear for upright mobility. Well, let's get a move on, Dingle. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark. Now... Where to put my keys? Dingle just stood there for a second. You gonna get dressed, Sheriff? Well, surely I considered it, but there were two things that had me leaning the other way. For one thing, the greasy suntan lotion I had all over me did not play well with polyester. And next, the possibility there'd be nothing too bad going on. Most likely I'd send Dingle to the door to check, and we'd head right back here and get undressed again. Not Dingle, I mean. No one needs to see that. Yolanda does, maybe, but sure as hell not me. Now, deputy, we'll just take a little ride. See the sights, smell the smells. The garden can wait, Dingle, don't you worry. Tis an unweeded garden. Dingle shook his head. You know, from time to time, I'd almost sense him losing his zest for police work. Almost. But our yoke is a heavy load to shoulder. Even the greatest luminaries among us will occasionally grow weary. Not me, of course, but, well, you get the idea. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, 
It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We pulled up to the McAllen's around a half an hour later, after a quick stop by the 7-Eleven for provisions. The slushy kept sliding around in my thighs and the hot dog tasted like suntan lotion. But the minute I lowered the window to toss out the cardboard hot dog thing, I noted there was indeed an objectionable smell in the air. Dingle did too, and that was plain to see by his cartoonish looking Adam's apple, just bobbing up and down like it wanted back on the tree. That sure ain't cookie, Sheriff. Well, careful you don't toss your own, Dingle. That's just undignified to go wasting a hot dog like that. I had a look up at the door. Three cats looking back over their little tin food cans. Another one pacing the porch with its tail flicking around like it was trying to shake something loose. Another in the yard with only one ear and its two back legs, bouncing around like a retarded bunny rabbit. Hmm. Well, go ahead there, Dingle. Investigate. You ain't even gonna come with me? Well, damn, deputy. I ain't even got my war suit on. That'd be plain unprofessional. I told you to get dressed, Sheriff. Oh, I see. Now you're the one giving the orders. It's the inmates running the asylum. The hens running the hen house. God help us all. It's cats and dogs living together. (laughs) Speaking of cats, Sheriff, all that cat hair's gonna kill me. I was hoping I could stand back a bit and let you do the talking. I sat there playing with my mustache a minute, just going through my catalog of leadership tactics. You know, if there's just one thing I've learned in all my years as a luminary, it's this. Sometimes a fella needs to be reminded just who he is. Not me, of course, but other fellas. Dingle, I ever tell you how proud I am to have you as my deputy? Being so brave and heroic as you are, so rugged and manly and downright gallant, it brings a tear to my eye sometimes just to think about it. How I'm just about the most downright goddamn luckiest sheriff there ever was, it's providential, Dingle. I mean, when you really stop and give it a real good thinky, good gracious, you must have come right down from heaven. The two-legged cat stopped bouncing for a second and kind of leaned on its face in the grass. You mean it, Sheriff? I'm surprised at you, Dingle. Here I am pouring my heart out and you still doubt me. Let me tell you something. As sure as I've shed my vestments and lain bare my soul, I can think of no better man to investigate this matter than you. He sat there soaking it in for a minute, basking in the adulation. Or stilling himself, maybe. Already little cat hairs floated in through the open window and landed on my greasy physique. I went ahead and rolled up the window. No need to get dirty. Today, yours truly was administration only. Thusly, I sweetened the deal. 
I say you go ahead and clear the air like only a man like you can. And after that, we head to Split Tail Taco and shut that bastard down. On me, deputy. I'm talking ten crunchy tacos and large drinks. Affirmative. <laughs> All right, Sheriff. I'm going in. I thrust out my mustache and gave the deputy a pat on the leg before he got out of the car. I figured in just a minute or two he'd be back holding some cat carcass by the tail. He could dangle it out the window while we went, and we'd maybe fling it off somewhere in Cooter, where it stinks anyway. Justice restored. I leaned back in the seat and watched Dingle navigate the minefield of cats. The retarded one just stopped to look at an old lawnmower and just stood there for a second with its one ear folded back. Then it turned around and started hopping the other way. Old Lady McAllen opened the door after a while and you could practically see the stench hit Dingle. He wobbled a little bit, scared a few cats away in the process, but I was proud to see him compose himself. By the look on Mrs. McAllen's face, she must not have noticed the smell at all. She might very well have been baking cookies in the midst of it. Dingle went inside and I turned on the radio for a little music. Allowed myself a little glance up at the photo still clipped to the visor. Dearest summer sausage, my old flame. The proverbial one that got away. I wondered how she was getting along up there in Schenectady. With all the city people and the handheld video games and the panini machines and whatnot. Yeah, sure, I'd tried looking her up on the computer, but with a name like Summer Sausage, you mostly turn up pictures of just that. No questions answered, and it only leaves me feeling hungry. When you really stop to think about it, the whole damn thing is like some cruel metaphor for life. She'd gone up there to be in the movies ten long years ago. I haven't seen any movie with her in it, but to be honest, I haven't seen many movies to begin with. I guess different people have different ideas about what's fulfilling to them. Some people spend their days watching TV and picking their nose, and others don't have time to do either one. Some people watch actors playing roles, and others choose instead to play real roles. I'll tell you from my own experience, some people would rather play a sheriff's wife on TV than wake up a real one every morning. To each his own, I suppose. Country life just doesn't cut the mustard with some folks. And with a name like she has, I guess mustard is pretty important to her. Now I'm not saying I'd never set foot in the great white north of Schenectady, but with all their gadgets and Game Boys and whatnot, God knows you'll never catch me slandering an inch of this great country. But to throw away my birthright, toss aside my divine purpose like so much cat shit, I'll tell you what. I'd sooner lay my prick in a panini press. That's to say, I'd already made up my mind. Maybe I was born to walk alone, like a drifter or something. A heart in need of rescue. Just waiting for love's goddamn charity. Lord knows where I'd found the strength to carry on. But I'll tell you what, a man with any guts at all is just bound to get kicked in on. Speaking of which... The deputy came spilling out the door just like someone had kicked him in the guts. And out came the hot dog right there on the porch steps. Well, here we go again, I said. I got out of the car and hurried over to the porch. I barely made it there in time to steady him before he went over the railing. What is it, deputy? 
The cats. The stink. Well, goddamn. I only remembered at that moment I was still in my underpants when I saw Mrs. McAllen standing there looking at me. At first, I thought she was blushing, but the longer I looked, that was just her makeup. Beside that, she looked kind of pale, honestly. Uh, morning there, Mrs. McAllen. Mr. Sheriff, why are you in your drawers? Uh, never mind, I said. I was just getting dressed when I sensed Dingle here teetering and came right away. But enough about that. How you been? How's the mister? What's that now? Speak up, Sheriff. Uh, how's the mister? Oh, Wesley. Oh, you never know with Wesley. Never mind him. What's wrong with this one? He got the Rona virus or something? No, no, he's just fine. Must have been something he ate. Cause there's nothing at all objectionable about this nice lady's home. Right, Dingle? Cause even to suggest such a thing would be downright uncouth. Ain't that right, Deputy? Ain't that just as right as right can get? Right you are, Sheriff. Oh, well, that's fine. So what brings you gentlemen here today? Mr. Dingle says there's something about a smell in the area. Now, my senses aren't what they used to be, but I haven't noticed anything myself. Oh, I'm sorry. I've forgotten my manners. Come on inside, boys. I'll fix you some lemonade. Very nice of you, ma'am. After you, Dingle. Dingle regarded me unkindly for a moment, but I gave him my mustache look again to remind him how gallant he was. Now, I'm not sure the deputy is precisely as rugged or as manly as I accused him of being earlier, but if there's one thing I've learned in all my law enforcement experience, it's this. We rise ourselves by lifting others. Dingle had told me old lady McAllen was supposed to have had a million cats. Well, if that were the truth, they were all accounted for right there in the front room. And to be honest, it might have been closer to two million. Tails sticking up everywhere. Some of them walking around, others curled into great piles. The floor was basically one big food dish, and there was a big basin full of water where in a normal house you'd typically find a TV set. Dingle's eyes were starting to water. His face looked a little swollen, too, now that I noticed it. You boys, make yourselves comfortable while I go fetch some lemonade. Fuckstick, shit dick, numb nuts, make room for the guests. She shooed a few cats off a partially buried couch. You too, nutsack. But fuck, get. <clears throat> Those are some colorful names, Mrs. McAllen. I said. What's that now? Speak up now, Sheriff. I can't hear my ass for my elbow. I said, <clears throat> some colorful names, ma'am. Oh, you run out of regular ones after a while. Titfuck, butt plug, Charlie, get. She brushed a few more cats aside and made space for us to sit down. 
There was so much fur on the couch, it might as well have been a whole cat itself. The minute I sat down, there were three new cats on my lap, even more on Dingle's. A sneeze sent two of them scattering, but more moved in to take their place. I could hear Mrs. McAllen filling glasses in the other room. Bitches, dick tits, get. This ain't for you. I feel like my heart's gonna explode, Sheriff. Oh, Dingle, there's no reason to get sentimental. Mrs. McAllen returned shortly with two glasses of lemonade and handed them to us. There was a whisker in mine, so I put it between two cats on the coffee table and regarded the old gal. So you mentioned your senses aren't what they used to be, Mrs. McAllen. How about the man of the house? How are his senses holding up? Oh, Wesley? Well, I really can't say about him. He hasn't told me one way or the other. Is he around by any chance? Oh, he's here one day, gone the next. You never can tell when... Pig shit, get the hell off a fucko. Last thing we need is more cats. Damn it. Sorry, Mr. Sheriff. Quite all right. So you say Mr. McAllen's in and out a lot of the time? What's that now? Oh, Wesley... You say he's in and out? Oh, Wesley's always been a free spirit. He comes and goes. I've grown accustomed to... Dill hole, stop fucking with Buttonut. I've gotten used to it, I suppose. So busy with the cats, I barely have time to... Shit, bastard! The litter's right goddamn there! So he himself never complained about an aroma of any kind? Mrs. McAllen appeared to mull that one over a minute. Hmm. You know what? I just can't remember. My memory's not much better than my hearing these days. Can't remember my ass from my elbow. You sure do remember a whole lot of cat names, ma'am. Well, that's for them. Fuck what? Damn it! I tell you, that one's always going bug shit. Ooh, that's another good one. I stood then, noted my legs were so covered in cat hair, I practically had pants on now. Dingle's face looked like he had stuck it in a bee's nest. <laughs> Well, in any case, Mrs. McAllen, the deputy and I are going to have to take a little look around just to rule out any potential aromas coming from here. Now, for the life of me, I can't picture how or why that might be the case. But this way, when someone calls me up and says something smells, I can tell them, Well, Mr. Mister, it sure as heck ain't the McAllen's household. Because I was just there myself and it was just as fresh and clean as a daisy. Daisy dipped in shit, Dingle muttered. Dingle, I'm surprised at you. I'm gonna die, Sheriff. I think I see Jesus right now. Well, God bless you, Mr. Deputy. Have some nice lemonade. Fart face, get. She batted away a cat pawing at the rim of Dingle's glass. 
Oh, I'll take mine on the way out. You too, deputy? I don't know if I'm gonna make it out, Sheriff. That's my deputy, always modeling. Well, don't mind us, Mrs. McAllen. We're just gonna have a little looky. Say you want a cookie? I can make cookies. No, no, ma'am. I said we're gonna have a little look around, that's all. You just get back to your kitty cats. You won't even know we're here. You're queer? Here. I said you won't even know we're here. Oh, well, I suppose that's all right. You boys go ahead and do what you gotta... Fucko, settle down. You wanna live outside like two legs? While the lady of the house tended to her hoard, Dingle and I inspected the premises. The house looked at one time to have been carpeted, but only shreds of evidence remained poking out from under the skirt boards. A Rubenesque specimen of cat filled the entire kitchen sink, and a runty one luxuriated on it like a feather pillow, lapping at the perpetually dripping faucet. Three others curled up in an empty pizza box watched me defensively like they were expecting me to judge them for it. Dingle kind of wobbled along behind me, just sniffing and sneezing like someone had sprayed him with Agent Orange. Since most of the houses around here were just the same, I knew my way around the corners before I even got to them. The main difference between this house and the next one was precisely what Dingle had noticed. The cats. The stink. Now, a certain amount of the latter could accompany so many of the former, but there was something else underneath it all. The kind of stink that slows a man in his steps, perks the ears up, gets the pupils dilated, puts a deep crease right between a man's eyebrows. The kind of stink that'll make you suddenly aware of your prostate. The stench of death. Follow your nose, deputy. I expect we'll find a dead one somewhere. We'll give it an honorable burial at the Cooter County Cop Shop, I'm thinking. Maybe stuff it in the mailbox for those jackasses. And that'll be the end of that. I think it's gonna be the end of me, Sheriff. Well, goddamn, Dingle. Maybe it's just you raising the stink this whole time. I'm allergic, Sheriff. This has got to be against the Geneva Convention. Deputy, if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement, it's this. Sometimes police work just ain't all that conventional. Well, forget following my nose. My nose hadn't worked since the living room. Well, damn, I said, but I suppose it's like anything else. Not everyone has a nose for police work like yours truly. The pantry door hung open, an intermittent on every shelf were cats and boxes of macaroni. A mangy-looking kitty at the bottom stretched out in an open bag of flour. By the look of it, the flour also doubled as a litter box. Beyond that was a little hallway, and the cats went up and down it like city traffic. One heavily pregnant cat had ensconced itself on a pile of old laundry and lay there on her side with her legs sticking straight out. She meowed us both a good morning. Shit sticks out of the microwave. The half bath in the hall had no door to it, and a two-by-four wedged in the jam held in that much litter. The whole room was full of it, made mountainous with clumps of cat turds. The toilet must have been shut off because it was full, bowl and tank, both with cat food. A couple tabbies sat perched on the rim, eating, with their tails twitching contentedly. 
God damn, I told Dingle. These bastards are living the life of Riley. No dead one, Sheriff? Not a one. And to be honest, I can't say whether we're getting any closer or further from it. What do you think, Deputy? <laughs> I turned to look at him then, and kinda wish I hadn't. His face looked like a depressurized sea creature. I'm seeing stars, Sheriff. I gotta get out of here soon. Well, look harder, Dingle. We gotta be getting close. This ain't the Taj Mahal, you know. Dingle and I proceeded into the bedroom. A thousand iridescent eyes turned our way. While the typical stink was strong as ever, each one appeared among the living. I got on my knees by the bed and lifted the dust ruffle. A Siamese fella under there hissed at me. Uh-oh, uh, beg your pardon. Oh, shit! When I turned to look at the deputy, he had a cat stuck to his face. It must have jumped on him from the bookshelf. Looked to be on there pretty good. Dingle started spinning and knocked over a floor lamp. The cat started doing that scratchy thing with its back feet and it popped his collar right open. Deputy, watch the jugular! I considered shooting the attacker just then, but there were a few problems with that idea. First, I had no gun to shoot it with, and second, it was on Dingle's face. But before I could come up with a new idea, Mrs. McAllen came to the rescue. Fuckstain, bad kitty. She whapped Dingle's head with a spatula, and the cat went skittering off under the bed. I'm sorry, boys. Fuckstain's a bit of a dickbag. Ooh, that's another good one. Dingle, you all right? <laughs> Where is he? Let me out the little prick. No, deputy, settle down now. No harm done. You're just fine. I straightened the deputy's collar for him, noting his neck looked a little like the devil's tower. I'm gonna expectiate hard, I, Sheriff. No, no. I didn't think so, anyway. But a more troubling matter was that we'd been through the entire house now, and we were no closer to what we'd been looking for. Complaining neighbors are one thing. They'll always find something to complain about. But failure? That's another thing entirely. After getting up out of my lawn chair and coming all this way, that was a pretty tough pill to swallow. In fact, I'd rather lay my prick in the panini press. Mrs. McAllen, at the risk of a minor uncouthness, I'm gonna have to level with you for a minute. The deputy and I suspect one of your cats may have passed away. And though we keep searching for an answer, we can't seem to find what we're looking for. Now, granted Dingle has the strength to carry on, I ask you, is there anywhere in this house we might have missed? Well, damn, she said. I'm a murder suspect. No, ma'am, that's not it at all. A cat will die on its own from time to time. Sure as neighbors will be petty now and again. I figure the easiest way to clear the air between you and your neighbors is to locate the source of this passed on cat and give it the dignified burial it deserves. Rainbow Bridge and all that. Say again? Ma'am, is there anywhere in this house we haven't looked yet? Hmm, the basement. You've been in the basement? Well, goddamn. I didn't know there was a basement. Show me the way, Mrs. McAllen. You with me, deputy? The scratches on Dingle's neck had each blown into swollen red welts. 
Maybe I could go wait in the car, Sheriff? Dingle, that's not very gallant of you. Haven't I ever told you how rugged and manly you are? <laughs> well, our Father, who art in heaven. Basements over this way, gentlemen. Haven't been down there for years. Not since my knees stopped bending right. Shit balls, get! The basement door was an inconspicuous little door it was easy to miss. Once she cracked it, however, it was pretty clear we were right over the target. The smell billowing out like the entrance to hell. And I've never been more aware of my prostate than I was just then. Good God, Mrs. McAllen. If this ain't the problem we're looking for, I believe it's a worse one. Say again, Sheriff? I lifted a hand to dismiss her, then waved Dingle to come down with me. Then I changed my mind and had him go first. A little ways down, I hit a light switch and a dim bulb went on. The moment it did, you could hear the skittering critters and insects down there run for cover. The stench was so thick, I was worried it would soak into my mustache and stay there. And it got even worse the lower we went. A stink so bad, it was heavier than air. I'm not feeling so hot, Sheriff. All oh, deputy. Now's not the time to be so self-conscious. Keeping a handful of his shirt the whole time in case he started teetering again, I followed Dingle down the stairs until we got to the bottom. And once I stepped onto the cement, it was all pretty clear, the source of this olfactory dilemma. Only it wasn't a cat's eyes staring back at me like I expected. Oh, thank heavens. I thought you'd never show up. Gee whiz, what year is it? Why are you in your drawers? Well, goddamn. It was old Wesley McAllen, sitting right there in the corner between the water heater and the wall. By the look of him, I guessed he'd been sitting there a long time. First off, he looked like he hadn't had a shave or a bath in months. Second, he had no legs. The lower parts of him, anyway. Just blackened, festering stumps at the knees. Jesus, Sheriff. Dingle didn't look much better than McAllen's legs. He was wobbling like we were on the high seas. Dingle? A little mal de mer? He all right? McAllen asked. Oh, he's had a hard day. You don't look so good yourself, fella. Mind telling me what the hell you're doing down here with no legs? Well, I came down here some time ago looking for a bag of beans. Damn cat ran under my feet. And I tripped on him and wedged myself in here. <sighs> Think it was shitballs, that little bastard. Tried everything I could to get out, but there's just no way. I've been down here for... I don't even know, Sheriff. It must be months. Well, that can't be, Mr. McAllen. If it were months, you'd surely have starved to death. I screamed for days, Sheriff, but the old gal can't hear her ass from her elbow. So, after I got done with the beans, I started in on my legs. Ate those, ate two cats, a couple silverfish, no salt or pepper. 
I'm in poorly shape, Sheriff. Think you can yank my ass out of here? I was still staring at the fella's legs. He was sitting in a pile of shit and maggots, just dangling rotten meat like a month-old turkey carcass. He was wiggling around his upper legs like an excited kid in a big chair. It was no mystery anymore what stunk so bad. McAllen was rotten alive down here. Aside from that, he seemed in pretty good spirits, all things considered. I'm not sure I want to go yanking on you in your condition, Mr. McAllen. Well, now you sound like my wife, Sheriff. Here, just grab my arm, will ye? He reached out a hand that looked like it hadn't been washed in quite a while. Also looked like it had been used to pull apart cats and legs and whatever else, and not so much as a handy wipe. Deputy, give Mr. McAllen a hand, would you? Not feeling so good, Sheriff. His eyes were just about swollen shut now, and his neck looked like a weird pool toy. I wondered if he was going to make it back up the stairs. Never mind him, Sheriff. You can do it. Just grab my arm there and pull me out. I got no leverage on my own. Well, so much for administrative work. You know, if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of law enforcement, it's this. You want something done, sometimes it's best to do it yourself. I grabbed Mr. McAllen around the wrist and pulled. He was in there pretty good, I thought. By the size of him, he couldn't have weighed more than a buck forty, probably less without his legs. But once his torso squeezed out from between the water tank and the wall, you could hear the Velcro sound of his ass glued to the floor. I spaced my feet apart and gave him another good yank. The dried shit and whatever else peeled off the cement like an overcooked meal. He was groaning and cursing, but being a good sport about it. Better than Dingle, anyway. Another good pull and I had him free. His legs weren't much help to him, though, and he kind of tipped over and landed on his face. I thought I might have dislocated his shoulder. Hey, Eureka! McAllen said into an old carpet remnant. Then he kind of flopped around like a warping fish. Can you get me upright, fellas? Dingle, I snapped my fingers in front of his face. You with me? Oh, Bessie needs milking. Dingle! I gave him a smack across the face. Not too hard. Just enough to bring him back to his senses. He spun around a few times, but when he came back to face me, there was a little more life in his eyes. What's that, Sheriff? Grab Mr. McAllen's stumps there for me. Let's get him up the stairs. Lord, help me dignity. I could hear Mrs. McAllen upstairs messing around in the kitchen. All these weeks or months or however long, completely unaware of the horror under her feet. And this poor fella forced all this time to listen to her baked cookies while he was down here nibbling on his leg meat. Lardass, get out of the sink. You know, once in a while, a man in my position just has to pause and try to make sense of it all. Life can indeed be cruel. That all these years I've been saddled with my great commission, and the woman I love is off gallivanting. And here we are, McAllen and me both, just surviving off our own resources. Rotting away. 
One day I was going to do something about that, I decided. One day, when the scales of justice were plumb level and the lesions of darkness were finally brought to heel, one day I was going to strike a blow for all the sheriff balls of this world. I wasn't sure when, and I wasn't sure how. All I knew was one day I was going to do something. Dingle, after deliberating how to get Mr. McAllen's stumps under his arms, did just that. I got him under the armpits and we walked him up the staircase. Whatever mess was caked in Mr. McAllen's undercarriage was right under Dingle's face. And I'll bet he was pleased for the moment his nose didn't work. Didn't keep him from barfing a little on Wesley's lap. But all in all, he didn't smell any worse for it. We backed out of the doorway and stood in the missus's kitchen, waiting for her to notice. A few cats watched us wide-eyed, then made a beeline for the living room. Lardass wobbled in the sink, but ultimately stayed there. <sighs> Agnes, damn it! She startled when she saw us, and her cookie sheet fell in a litter box. Uh, Wesley, where the hell have you been? Where'd your legs go? Well, it's a long story. What's that? Said it's a long story. I'd like to know just how long that was, I said, even though I figured it didn't really matter. If there's one thing I've learned all these years, it has to be this. All's well that ends well. You got the beans? Last I remember, you were supposed to bring up the beans. You been whoring again? Where the hell'd your legs go? I ate the damn beans, Agnes. Plus two cats. And my legs. You ate the cats, you sick bastard? Which ones? No tell, and... Uh, Motherfucker, I think. Well, fuck me. Why didn't you call me? I can't call you. You didn't hear me. Uh, what's that now? <sighs> A great sigh left Mr. McAllen, and he suddenly seemed less relieved than he had just a minute ago. Uh, Sheriff, I changed my mind. Um, maybe I just... Put me back down in the cellar. I'll get by. Said you want pie? Why would you want to do that, Mr. McAllen? Besides, I think you need some medical attention here. Those legs of yours are a bit outside the Band-Aid territory. Uh, you know, Sheriff, uh, I've been down there so long, I forgot what I was missing. But now that you brought me back up here... Now I remember. Nothing. That's what I've been missing. Nothing. You know what it's like living with a woman who can't even hear you? <sighs> Having to say everything twice? Uh, say again, Wesley. I hate it up here, Sheriff. I hate cats. I hate my wife. I hate the sun and the moon and the stars. Oh, just plop him down somewhere, Sheriff. I'll make cookies. Let me just get the flour out. Ass hat? Get! 
I'm too old to go a-whoring. Too poor to go a-drinking. No good news on the radio. Nothing worth watching on TV. Nothing to eat without cat hair in it. And God help you if you eat those cookies. I had it, Jared. In fact, now I think about it, these past weeks or months or however long have been pretty darn relaxing. Just put me back where you found me, Sheriff. Throw down a few boxes of macaroni. I'll be okay. Well, goddamn, I said. Tis an unweeded garden indeed. Unit 1. Come in, Unit 1. What is it, Frankie? More calls about the McAllen house. Requesting an update, sir. Oh, right. Well, I tell you, Frankie, the deputy and I were just there having some lemonade and cookies. And I'll tell you what. Just the cleanest, freshest little house I've ever set foot in. I suggest you tell anyone complaining to go check their upper lip, cause there might be some shit on it. That's Matthew 7-5, Frankie. Wipe the shit off thine own lip before you go wasting police resources. Do you copy, dispatch? Uh, copy that, Sheriff. I hung the radio back on my underwear strap and brushed the cat hair off my cheek. I wasn't so greasy anymore as I was dusty and hairy. The car was gonna need a cleaning. As soon as Dingle's swelling went down a bit, I'd have him right on it. How you holding up there, deputy? Fresh air doing you good? I think the stink's stuck in my nose, Sheriff. I may never get rid of it. Oh, just you hold on a second, Dingle. I say there's never been a better time to fart than I let him have just then. I even rolled up the window to make sure he got all of it. How's that, deputy? You know, if there's one thing I've learned all these years working together, it's got to be this. Every little problem has a fix. May not always be what you expected it to be. May not always be pretty either. But you and me, pal, we always come out smelling like daisies. Ain't that right, Dingle? Ain't that just as right as right can get? Dingle? Dingle? Well, the deputy seemed to have lost consciousness just then. Or maybe he was just sleeping. I don't know. It'd been a big day for the both of us. And that's the gospel truth. Speaking of which, you'd no sooner catch me arguing with Matthew than you would my fair dispatcher. Nor would you catch me arguing with John, Paul, or Ringo. Because if there's one more thing I've learned in all my years, it's got to be this. Everyone's gospel is going to be a little bit different. One fella's going to see this, one fella's going to see that. This one's going to smell cookies, that one's going to smell necrotic flesh. Doesn't mean anyone's right or wrong, only that the truth is somewhere in the middle. See, the scales of justice are supposed to wobble a bit. And there's a good reason that lady holding them wears a blindfold. Sometimes you just gotta hold your nose, turn away, and let people do what they're gonna do. About all you can do for yourself is heed the time-honored words of your mama. Always put on clean drawers in the morning. 
Whatever decisions you make after that, well, it's not always going to be a good one or a bad one. Sometimes you just got to go through the motions. Eventually, I guess you just got to give up. In the case of Mr. McAllen, I guess he had finally found Byzantium. Who was I to turn him around? I got a few odd looks at split-tail tacos and dry cleaning, but Dingle was still unconscious, so I had to go in by myself. What are clothes anyway but a micrometer-thin facade of dignity? A lot of good they did Dingle. So, with the Baron, which only a great luminary can carry himself, I ordered five crunchy tacos and an orange Fanta. I sat eating and thought to myself, maybe one of these days I'll drive up to Schenectady and see what's what. Maybe I'd trim my mustache up to my upper lip and get a fancy haircut and a pair of loafers and maybe even a nice suit. Maybe I'd trade my gun in for a handheld video game and learn on the internet about ciabatta loaves and panini makers and coffee-flavored beer and fancy teas. Maybe. And maybe Mr. McAllen will grow his legs back. Because a guy like me, I've been walking the lonely street of dreams all my life. And I've learned quite a few things along the way. I know I don't bring them up very often, but believe me, I have. And if there's one thing I've learned most of all, it's this. People don't change. Hell, if you were anything like me, why would you want to? And that was The Cat House by Jeff Sturdivant. A good reminder that people are who they are, so try not to bust their balls too much. Ain't you got better things to do? A little about the author. Jeff Sturdivant is a writer of questionable fiction, a questionable narrator of audiobooks, and a bona fide deliverer of parcels. You can find his stuff at flexfiction.com, including his newest audiobook, Gross Embellishments. If you're a Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights listener, you may have heard some of the stories already, but it'd still look awful nice on your digital bookshelf. Look him up on Facebook and ask him for a code. He'll hook you up. And do me a favor, would you? Subscribe to this podcast wherever you do your listening and leave me a five-star review and a kind word, even if you're listening on YouTube. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at chillintellsfordarknights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive, all ad-free and available to download or stream. Thank you for your time and for supporting our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you support this show. Come on, BetterHelp. Let's do this thing. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases, and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget about those submissions. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured on this show, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, you'll get the full treatment. Well, 
I'm afraid this is where we part ways. At least till next week. So grab a drink for the road, friend. And if it's the lonely street of dreams you're walking, take heart. I'll be here for you each and every week. I'd like to recognize a couple more of our YouTube listeners. Big Earl, Chaos Maker, and Free Soul all the way in New Zealand. Thank y'all very much for the wonderful comments. I promise you, they're greatly appreciated. So, Big Earl, Chaos Maker, and Free Soul. May the wind be at your back. May the road rise up to meet you. And wherever y'all are at this moment in time, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, Lindy Beaumont, get your cat out of the damn sink. Also, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.